0: What's up, guys? It's Stu. It is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And you know the hardest thing about owning your own business? It's being at the top. It's not having anyone above you or a laterally next to you to bounce ideas off of and problem solve with. Sure, you might get together with another micro gym owner in town or discuss with another owner in a Facebook group or an online forum, but the advice is generally, you know, general. It's not geared towards your business. You might even have a coach or an employee who's pretty smart, but when you guys talk about it, it's more just commiserating. There's not an advanced strategy there because that person hasn't been there and done it before. Guys, you can get on a call with me once a month for 30 minutes or 60 minutes. You can have full access to Microgym University and you can get set up on Workplace, which is an amazing app that I use as a bat phone so that you can call, text video message, or audio message me throughout the month anytime a fire pops up in your business and you need my help with it. You want to work with somebody who is going to help you create strategies and execution plans because problems will come up in your business and they're not things that you have to go at alone. If that's something that's interesting to you guys, please let me know. I closed off my book of clients when 2020 hit and we are reopening here in 2021. I only work with 40 gyms per month. I utilize zero contracts. It is month to month, cancel at any time. If you are interested in working together and getting on a monthly call, then you need to shoot me a DM. We'll set up an initial business development call and find something that's going to work for you and your business to problem solve. Hell, we might get on one call and that's it. We never talk again. We might get on three calls and you, hey, my problem's fixed, dude. Thanks so much. I'm going to continue on. Good for you. Or it might be something where you want someone to work with and co-create solutions and plans for on a recurring basis. It's 100% up to you guys. I only work with 40 of you per month. This will fill up quick. So if you are interested, shoot me a DM at WTF Jim talk on Instagram. And I'd love to talk with you more guys. Enjoy the podcast and have a great fucking day. All guys. What is up? It is Stu. And it's another episode of the, what the fuck Jim talk podcast and I have an individual I have never met in person except for in the internets and the Instagrams. I have Justin McClintock here. Justin's out of Philly. Justin is uh, you're you're, you're going to have two roles here that I think would be interesting for people to hear about. You obviously work inside of someone else's micro gym. You are an employee there. You are the director of programming and you are a senior coach at Subversus Fitness in Philly, correct? Correct. And then, and I want to know kind of the timeline is you also kickstarted your own online programming, coaching, side hustle, feel strong fitness. There's a podcast associated with that. You're pumping out content real quick. Just give everyone the 92nd high level bio as to, uh, who Justin is and how he got here today.
1: Yeah, totally started CrossFit 2008, 2009. So old school for some people, uh, uh drank the Kool-Aid pretty hard, pretty fast. Uh, got offered a coaching job part-time like six months in as was the old school CrossFit days. Like you'll show up three days a week. You must be a coach yeah. started going part-time moved around the country with my significant other and made the career jump seven years ago, eight years ago, coaching part-time quickly moved it into full-time quickly became the director of programming, writing all the programmings from Olympic lifting, powerlifting, CrossFit, and then wanted to do more one-on-one work, uh, the, the subversus, the gym I'm working at very reasonably, said they weren't going to process payroll if I wasn't getting them a cut of remote programming. I said, well, what do I do? And I said, I don't know, man, open an LLC or something. And thus, that, that conversation was where Feel Strong
0: came from three and a half years ago, and it's really uh, exploded under my feet. Well, so three and a half years ago is fun because that's pre-COVID. Big time. Right. So you're pre-COVID and going online, which anyone who got that you already had like some kind of a, a footing pre-COVID was in a great position. Um, did you have I mean, did, did business spike for you in COVID with the online stuff?
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially with people going only remote mm-hmm. uh, and or finding that their what uh, whatever gym they were at, you know, everyone went remote to some degree, doing at home or Zoom workouts and people, but everyone was just learning. And I had the advantage of having been doing this for a couple of years. So I was good at true coach. Cause I got in with true coach when they were Fitbot. Yeah, but I could yeah. deliver these things. And I had a deep library and I'd already been doing stuff with bands and at home people. So I had this big, just experience job. Not like my knowledge is so much better than everyone else's, yeah. but I was just, I could move faster and more agilely in that online space. And so I caught a whole bunch of people for six to 12 months doing online programming. So oh, how old are
0: you, Justin? 42. Okay. Awesome. Let me talk to you. Like I, I want, I Always think about who's listening to this. And there's definitely someone listening to this who is an employee, let's call it part time or full time to some degree, inside of a micro gym. And they've thought about maybe starting their own online thing. I want to talk in one sense, I want to talk about you know the there's imposter syndrome to get over there's fucking just basic technical phone record camera whatever kind of know how there's what the hell do I talk about there's like those kind of things and then on the other side cuz you're obviously you know the the owner of your uh your facility over there at subverses i mean obviously you know i think it's Wiley, correct correct yeah okay
1: great Any, guy. i I, I
0: yeah i get owners that hit me up all the time like hey One of my coaches has kind of started doing a bunch of social media recently and they're really getting into it and they're crushing it and they're talking about it and it's their own thing though. It's not mine. And now I kind of selfishly kind of wish they were like putting all that energy and time into helping me grow the brand. How can I redirect them? And generally I say, you fucking don't. Like you should have recognized the I in my opinion, you should have recognized the talent set sooner or deployed it sooner. Now don't don't try to jump on their fucking coattails now that they've actually, you know, learned how to hit record and then upload very efficiently. So talk to me on both sides. For you, the day you decided to start becoming an online thing and starting your own. Did you run into any of that imposter syndrome? Like, you know, were you YouTubing fucking how to make videos and edit blah, blah, blah. Like talk to me a little bit about it.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And I did, I just copied everyone else at first. I mean, including, including yourself. Like I started, the podcast started with me holding my phone, walking to work at four 30 in the morning, with the the anchor app open, not even like, just like, I think I called it like 5. AM chronicles or something like that. And I'm just like, I would talk for, and I would make myself go for at least 10 minutes. It's like, just like it. stream of consciousness. No one's going to answer. Don't no dead time. Just talk and don't trip over curbs for 10 minutes. And the first five, they're still up everything. I left everything up. So the first five are just nonsense, but then you get better and better at it. And I think the same thing with producing content, like hitting that record button is the hardest thing. Oh, you said this before, like yeah. hitting record is this huge stumbling block and you do it and then it's fine. It's not going to be brilliant. Your first one's not going to be good. Your 10th one's not going to be good. But as you do it, you get more comfortable. And even just the little... Just becoming more more nimble, doing the thing, like understanding. Oh, I set it up here so it looks okay, and if I wear this, you know, mic headset, it sounds a little better. I don't have to spend time editing it and cleaning it up later. You just get better and better and faster and faster. So it's easy, and making it easy is. Is the name of the game for me at least
0: how was it perceived amongst the other coaches and the owner at subverses when you started doing this was i mean i know you said kind of the origin of creating your own llc came out of like a payroll necessity type scenario but how was that perceived as you continue to do it because your your podcast you got like 60 plus you had 60 or so episodes on the podcast you've got a ton of content on the feel strong instagram account how was that perceived at first?
1: At the very beginning, it was a little bit weird. I remember being in an in-person coaches meeting back when we used to do that kind of thing, and the owner made a crack about someone had reposted some, this account reposted our video and I don't even know what they're talking about, but at least they tagged us in it and it was feel strong. It was like one of the first things,
0: you know, the, the account had been live for reason. Yes, we was had like, no idea it was even yours.
1: No. And I was like, oh, that's me. That's the, that's the LLC we talked about. And there was like <laughs> 10 seconds of silence. Okay. I was like, it's not. It's outside of the gym it's nothing yeah it has nothing to do with anyone here i'm not poaching members i'm not opening a gym it's an online thing okay and it kind of wasn't talked about for a while and then as it got feet under it we sort of figured out a way to incorporate it into the gym and i've been very very from the beginning i want to make sure that i wasn't taking anything away from the gym that if anything the gym could win from this so like if you're a subversus member you get a really steep discount on feel strong programming if you want to do that in the gym or as part of your thing if you hold a current membership there which i don't get any particular benefit from them holding a membership i don't get commission sure but it seemed like a nice way to play a good way to play nice and also from the members point of view they know me as a coach there i know they're like well hold on i'm paying now i'm paying 450 dollars a month for programming and gym access instead of 200 a month this seems wild so i can take it down a little bit and it seems more accessible and the gym wins because everyone's happy and they're developing, you know, members who are comfortable paying a, a significantly higher price point.
0: It was the culture at Subversus at the time where were other coaches creating homemade content, content like not for the gym but for their own personal brand? Whether they actually were trying to sell online programming or just trying to again just create their own personal account?
1: We have we have a coach, Morgan Vossebiel, is a very high level Olympic weightlifter. Um, she's meddled internationally. She's she's got a ton of fire behind her and works really hard. So she's uh, a well-known brand and has done a lot of work making sure that she's a well-known brand. You know, she has 50 Instagram stories a day and is always like taking people along with their training and stuff like that. So that's in that very like personal brand sense. Sure. She was already kind of doing that part, but she doesn't really, she does some nutrition training, but she doesn't do fitness training with people. So it's a little bit different where I was sort of Just pushing this as a business and not as a personal brand or being cool on the internet. So not as much. I was really the and I'm still sort of the only person doing that.
0: Okay. So I I, I mean, I for any of the owners listening, if there's an owner who has an employee who is taken to this and they're they're doing pretty well with it, they seem to have something. I mean, and again. Were you ever approached, like, "Hey, listen, you're actually you're doing a dope ass job. Could I get you to do some of that for Subversus?" Like, was there like was there ever that crossover? Like, "Hey, can you bring some of that skill set over to this side?"
1: Hundred percent on the media stuff. Um, very quickly, he came and said, "Hey, I want to shoot some. You know, you're doing these videos. You know how to edit, right?" I was like, "Yeah, I taught myself how to edit videos, and I bought like an okay camera." And he's like, "Oh, well, we we need to do some stuff, but I'll but I'll pay you for it, or it'll come out of you know these coaching hours, or sure X, Y, and Z." Um, and we had worked out a deal there because it was also a different kind of shooting and editing they had done with multiple microphones and you know actually setting up a you know a because sh- I have four Um, so getting that practice was also useful to me so I wasn't really like allegedly I was being charged an hourly rate but I was like yeah this will take an hour and a half and it would take me six freaking hours <laughs> to edit it because I don't know what I'm doing but it was really useful practice. Uh, especially for, I mean, this wasn't the plan, but when the shutdown happened and I became the guy shooting all of the online programming and all of the demo videos and all of that in my kitchen studio, now I was fast and nimble. Like that tech thing we talked about earlier, that's not yeah. the end all be all. But now when I can edit a 30 minute video in an hour instead of three hours, it really makes life easier when you're shooting eight a
0: week. Yeah. Uh, no, hundred percent. Where do you see, like, you know, let's fast forward 10 years mm-hmm. from now at your age right now. I mean, you know, obviously how many code classes a week are you coaching? Only a couple right now. I'm down to like four or five group classes a week. I got to imagine you kind of like it there, if not less. Like it's that like the in-person, going into coaching the class thing is something that slowly starts to fade and then we start thinking about, okay, well, what's the next thing for me? What's the thing that's maybe a little bit more scalable, continues bringing revenue in higher, you know, or the same than what I was previously making. How how do you see that for you as you continue to develop the online brand? Like, you know, is it, okay, I'm going to amass a certain amount of clients, and then just hold on to them for as long as I can. And when I lose one, hopefully I pick up another. Is it, do I create another value essentially? Like then just the, where I'm selfishly thinking of this, when I started WG, WTF Gym Talk, I didn't really, I didn't have a real good idea. I started putting the videos out and in my head was if I put out that bait and I start doing some calls with people and showing them this side by side, people understand what I'll do and then they'll pay me for this and then that could become a business. Okay, but then at what point I can't. I mean, like, I'm essentially a personal trainer again, but at a higher mm-hmm. hourly rate with gym right. owners. And I know I, that's not a forever thing. So, what's next? I'm like, oh, micro gym university. Oh, events. Oh, public speaking. Like, I started thinking of those offshoots. When you think of feel strong, like, what do you think of the future of that as it continues to grow, or is it something that you're like, eh, I just want to keep it right here, nice and modest and small?
1: Yeah, I think about this a lot, and I go round and round because one of the feel strong's trademark is that we do one-on-one fitness training for highly committed people who are uh, tired of wasting time and wanna reach their goals without compromise. That's sort of the elevator pitch. Like we we don't do beginner fitness. We do people who have done this before, generally who can sort of speak the jargon. Maybe they fell off fitness for a while on their back, but they have a ton of reps under their belt and they're just tired of, they've tried six other programs and they're sick of making compromises there. So that like super individualized touch is relatively challenging to scale. And there's a few ways it can go. Like it can go to the the big template program, like a, um, you know, maybe a street parking or maybe an Annie Miller, or maybe one of those people who writes, you know, a big thing that will work. And there's lots of variations in if you're this kind of person or this kind of person, maybe it's written around, you know, RPE or something like that, but it's not super individualized. Or the other way it goes is hiring more coaches and, you know, creating more mini Justins who can go out and, know, because I, you know, I will hit a cap. I'm not terribly far from what I think my suspected uh, client cap is. And then it's training people to go do the good work, because I'm not going to write programming for 350 people a week. I'll just, I'll, I'll take a bullet before I do that.
0: Sure. So, so I like that. That's super interesting. So, you know, yeah, even I know you, I've done OPEX. I know you've gone through OPEX. That's, you mm-hmm. know, I think of like a James Fitzgerald, a an individual with a certain ideology and a certain methodology. And then, you know, he creates his gospel, the CCP, and then spreads the word. And then people want to learn the word and want to be able to say they know the word. And so do you picture it like that, like to create not a okay. Let's call it a certification at the highest level, but to create other employees for Feel Strong Fitness or online company that are going to be able to program like you with the with the same kind of you know methodology and style, is that is that just employee training, or do you actually in your head think of like okay, I should probably like start some kind of online course where I talk about my unique belief in fitness, how I view fitness, what we do and what we don't, so on and so forth.
1: That's a really good distinction. I think it's a good point. I think it would be more interesting to create the courses and teach people how to go do their version of this really well with sort of my guiding principles and experience and some technical know-how and stuff like that. I don't really want to have 20 20 people on payroll. I don't really want to have anyone on payroll. I like being able to move fast and loose and do whatever I want um, is part of the reason I love the way this is set up. So I think more the latter. I don't think we're going to have a huge feel-strong a bunch of feel strong coaches necessarily, but maybe feel strong certified or like sort uh, not dissimilar from what um, uh, Sean is doing, right? Like, yeah, they're not active life coaches per se, but they've gone through this active life work and they're bringing that to their coaching. And when people
0: ask, "Hey, how'd
1: you like learn people to get out of pain?" You're
0: like, oh, well, it was active life. And sure, then yeah. Those people yeah. come around again. Got it. So you're thinking more or less more is it more the business education of starting this thing online, or is it more the coaching education of training people remotely?
1: I think more of the coaching education, but doing it without part, some of the business sense, I think is irresponsible mm-hmm. um, as someone who's had to relearn and rebuild everything every single time. Uh, like I, I've done everything wrong and started over. And that's sort of like how I got this knowledge and got any good at anything. Yeah. Uh, certainly like some, some coaching basics, but I think as if people are looking to do, uh, you know, their own business or, you know, a side hustle or whatever it is to do it without a little bit of training and like Sales and how to talk to people and how to get clients in, I think, is setting people up for
0: failure in a way that enough businesses are already doing. I don't want to be part of. No, I agree. I, I definitely, I think the online thing is going to obviously, it's going to continue to grow for the same reason. You know, one of my favorite books is by uh, Paul Jarvis. It's called Company One. And right like you know company one is not really a company it's more or less a job like you know with feel strong with wtf like if you and me get hit by a bus today that's it that's it it's done lights out there's no one to carry on the business but there while you're still above ground and you enjoy doing it it does provide the highest margins the highest pay and the most flexibility there's nothing you can i mean there's no argument to that whatsoever but with a lot of people getting into that space and wanting to create their own thing The one thing I haven't seen a ton of people kick out and do is kind of like the BTS, the behind the scenes, like, okay, here's how you literally are going to shoot your first video like that, because I think that's we talk, you know, you hear me talk about all the time, you know, the scariest button is record and then the scariest one is upload and but just seeing record and upload is Overly simplistic. Like even if we just had this phone as the hardware to shoot with, there is something like okay, make sure the light is behind you, be backlit. Yeah. Like make sure that you know you delete, you know just little basic shit. Like I I tell people all the time, put your phone in airplane mode when you record, because if you're yeah. in the middle of filming and your mom calls and turns off the camera, you were gonna yeah. m- you're gonna go drive to your mother's house and beat her with a shoe. It's good. Like,
1: I, I imagine you learned that the same way I did. By
0: up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember every time I record a podcast, I put it in airplay mode yep. and I'll, you know, I get done recording a podcast after drop my kid off and I'll have 10, 15 go like, where are you even trying to get a hold of you? I'm like, motherfucker. I was recording a podcast. And if you would have interrupted me in the middle of my flow, where I had a good thing going on. I don't care what emergency is going on right now. You know? Um, so let, this is, this is cool. This is interesting. So the, when did the podcast kick in for you? Was that something you kicked off almost simultaneously at the same time? Or is that something you kind of grew into?
1: I grew into it. It was relatively late and it came out of me wanting to do some longer form stuff, but feeling like I didn't have time for it. Like I was like, Oh, I want to do, you know, I'd love to do a 10, 15 minute, you know, I don't even remember if IGTV was a thing at the time, but maybe this would be a YouTube video, just like talking about, you know, things I think about fitness and what people should know and that kind of stuff. And I hit on the podcast because, and I hit on it, uh, walking to work. I was like, well, here it is. I live about a mile and a half from my job. I walk out the door at 458 to open the gym. I have this 32 minutes in a
0: relatively quiet time of day. Oh wait, go back to that. you walk a mile and a half to work every day? I do. I fucking love that. Yeah. You live in yeah. the city? Yeah. See, I that I can never I would never be able to live in the burbs. I have to live in the city. I have to be able to walk everywhere. I have to be able to like, you know, Urban fucking transportation, jump on a scooter, that kind of fucking thing. Like, I absolutely love that. Do you see yourself ever leaving the city?
1: No. The um the the wife has some slightly different ideas about that, but we've (laughs) both been city people our whole life, uh, and still really love it. And part of that is just being like being around people, but also like I don't own a car, and I haven't owned a car for. I own a car. I was in North Carolina for a couple of years, and that required a car. Um, yeah. and as soon as we left North Carolina, we got rid of it. And we you know I have a zip car and I have that kind of stuff, but I really like being able to just get around and it makes the more you do it, the more you do it. So like walking yes. a mile and a half is I don't even think about it. It's you don't like, even no, think twice about it.
0: Yeah, it's 30 minutes I get to
1: myself, honestly.
0: Yeah, no, that's I I I am the same driving is the thing I hate the most. Nothing yeah. makes I I don't enjoy my existence on this planet less than when I'm in a vehicle. Like, honestly, it just is. I fucking cannot stand it. Uh, there's just much even like whether it's walking or, you know, I've got, you know, whether I ride an electric bike or even fucking run like if, if it was anything mm-hmm. under a mile, you should just run, just run there. Um, why? Like, why not? You know, uh, but no, that's I, I absolutely love that. You don't see too many people who really like embrace a walkability score like what Philly has or like downtown Charlotte and you have the opportunity to to live carless. Um, if I didn't have my kid, man, I'd get rid of my car in a fucking heartbeat. I'm so jealous of you right now. I, yeah, it's awesome. It's totally good. awesome. I'm not
1: going and there's I'm, parking in my neighborhood is terrible. Yeah. Whenever people ask me about it, I'm like, well, I have no idea. <laughs> what does it cost? <laughs> I really don't know. How much is the permit? I wouldn't know. I don't, People say it's really bad. I don't. Yeah. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's where the podcast came out of, like, just like having this 35 yep. minutes to myself, and I just started and totally and completely, I just took it out of your playbook. I was like, well, Stu said anchors a thing, so I yep. downloaded an Anchor. Oh, I can record right into the phone. So I was just, I didn't even have a like a headset at the time. I was just sure. holding my phone up, talking, so there yep. wouldn't be too much like wind. Yeah. And I was just, and it's all still like episode one is. I don't. Even, I have listened to it in a long time, but. it's I can't imagine it's any good but it was just like yeah i'm just gonna do it because here's time like oh you said you don't have time to do this here's time
0: i um i was in my car and i didn't have my lav mic so i just literally same thing Mm -hmm. i'm just like driving just talking right into it and it's like don't overthink it just fuck it Mm -hmm. if you got it because here's the thing we've all had an idea or we've all been like we've all been like in a mood on a topic where what comes out of our mouth is probably going to be really fucking good, and to lose that because you don't have your pretty little fucking headset or whatever, I'm just like, dude, you're that that opportunity cannot always. You can't just jumpstart that opportunity or that mood or you know that thought process in your head because you know you're busy. You got a job. You got a business. You got a a family. You know, within 30 minutes, all that's going to be. And it's taken never going to
1: be the right time. Like yeah. any of this stuff, like starting fitness, like all of it, like the right time isn't coming. It's not like. Just do it and see how it goes. And sometimes it's awesome. And just like you're saying, like you've got this thing rattling around in your head. You're probably closer to flow state now than you're going to be in 45 minutes when you get to a quieter place or whatever, like do it. And maybe you have to revise it later. Maybe you're like, oh, that was really good, but I wish I could like take it again. Good news, you can't, like just do the thing.
0: I tell people, you know, anyone who's on social media, whether you want to admit it or not, you've got this idea in the back of your head, like what happens if a video go quote unquote viral? Well, find me any viral video that was overly, overly produced and really pretty. There are definitely some, but majority of viral videos are raw and just real. They're not overly produced. It's one of the things that lends itself well to virality is the the idea that this wasn't produced. This happened. This was documented. Um, I want to kick over to so is Subversus, is that a CrossFit affiliate still?
1: It is. It is a okay. CrossFit affiliate. It is a CrossFit affiliate again.
0: Again. So de-affiliated with the Glassman yeah. Comments. Okay. Yep. So Glassman Comments in June 2020. And then when did they reaffiliate or reaffiliate? Post Eric Rosa. Okay. Post Eric Rosa. Uh talk to me about that because Philly's a city. Um if anyone, if, then who's never been the Philly, you know, besides that's where Rocky ran up the steps and the Liberty Bell and crazy irate sports fans. Um, uh, and some of my favorite people, the the fuel hunt guys are out of Philly. Um, yeah. But here's one thing I'll say about Philly. It's it, it, obviously, it's a very diverse, it's a melting pot. You've got a lot of different things going on. So when that shit hit the fan for you guys with your core values and your audience, you had to exit stage left of the whole CrossFit thing.
1: There wasn't a question. I got a call. I got a call like the next day or something from the owner just double checking. And it's not my decision, but it's he often uses me as, sound, as a sounding board. And he was like, we're out, right? Like this is, and especially with a, we're very like front street with our values and being super inclusive. And we have a, a very deep LGBTQ community. And uh, and certainly like people of color, we have our, a nonprofit where we take recently incarcerated people and train them up in the fitness industry and get them jobs. And they're surprise, surprise. They're recently incarcerated, so they're all people of color. It's like we can't. This is sure. This is non-negotiable, right? I said, yeah. It's, it's, I can't believe you waited till the morning to call me.
0: <laughs> so that happens. Membership, I'm assuming, doesn't get too rocky. People don't get too upset. They're you know again nope. matches. Nobody blinked. So let me ask you this thing because I've asked this to a lot of guys who went back. When you went back. Like the the communication when you told people you had to drop it was pretty much straightforward the writings on the wall everyone had heard of this you know this thing that glassman did. But when you reversed it, how mm-hmm. did that because that's I still put down the category like crisis communication you're having to, to communicate this a big change with the business, how did that sound how, how did you guys come to that conclusion.
1: I think it was handled really well. I didn't have a lot to do with this communications, put that up front, but I think it was done well. One of the things that happened is they reached out to Wiley, the owner, and asked him to be on the CrossFit DEI council. So their diversity and inclusion things that we're making changes. We've just hired this person from somewhere or other, like they were working at Fidelity or Merrill Lynch or some big company doing diversity stuff. And now they're here doing diversity stuff. We want you on part of the council. We wanna to listen to what you're saying. Et cetera, et cetera, We're still gonna support you, lift you. We're gonna give some free, uh, they were subsidizing the level one training for any, everyone who came out of there. It's like, none of this is going away, just so you know. And that was, I think a big step toward, oh, well, they're still like, they, this new guy's here. He says he's sinking some money into it and hiring some people. They say they're gonna do this. We're gonna treat this as an act of good faith um, and give them the three grand. We're not changing the name. We're not putting CrossFit on the building. Programming is not changing at all. We changed the name of the class, the CrossFit class. It's still sure. essentially CrossFit. We call it something else. Uh, that's not changing because we don't think we need to. But this this is a good faith effort on our part. We'll we'll show up back on the map because they're taking these steps.
0: There was someone in the comments. It was it was right around the time the Glassman thing went down, and uh, I made a video my thoughts on it. And someone put post in the comments something to the tune of, "Man, Stu, I can't wait to see how many owners have to walk back." and reaffiliate like dumbasses after they whatever and my thing was like bro do you, it, it is okay to change your mind it's literally okay to change your mind 30 seconds after you do something or say something or make a business decision like this idea that you have to make a decision and fucking stick with it like someone's like well what do you think about the crossfit gyms that all reaffiliated once i'm like i don't know sounds sounds like a good idea like just like some yeah. of them who Chose to deaffiliate and not reaffiliate. Oh, sounds like a good idea for them. Like, this idea I think a lot of people have of like, um, you got to stick to your guns, this entrepreneurial, like, hustle, grind, push, make it happen. You guys deaffiliated, you should go out on your own and cart your own path, which is fine. Plenty of gyms decided to do that. But this idea that people that walked backwards and reaffiliated, I don't fucking care. Good for you. Like, if that was the decision you came to with new information. That's all. These are these are decisions we make with the information we're given at the time. Glassman, Floyd, tweet. Okay, bad information. We're gonna make this decision. And then Rosa, good information. Oh, we're gonna go back and make this decision. Hey, listen, a guy, you know, Rosa can come out in two years, and he gets caught for embezzling money out of the fucking Berkshire Hathaway, and fucking, you know, it. Guess what? You could deaffiliate again. It doesn't make you a shittier owner or a skittish owner. Did you guys have any members or any like kind of like? Yeah, pushback or any kind of conversations with people, even a fellow of you know coaches or affiliate owners, when you re-affiliated, um,
1: there wasn't a lot of. I was probably the biggest pushback because I I needed some explaining as to why bother. Sure. I was very much in the we deal the affiliated I was like, great, we don't call it CrossFit. Like they don't own cleans, they don't own like. And yeah. as a like as a CrossFit OG who loves the modality, like. It's well known they they invented none of this stuff. Correct, you know, maybe, put it together. Maybe a, a little good bit of gamifying it, a little yep. bit of but like, there's football players in the 70s who were like, we were doing this stuff for time. What are you talking about? Like yeah. we've done these circuits, um, and it's just you know, and they got their thing known. And honestly, I was like, and I'd be okay if we didn't do you know, kipping, handstand, pushups, and snatches for time for a while. Like if I could pull those yeah. out of the programming, I'd have to worry I'm, about I'm the open and shit like that. With that. Yeah, exactly. And and I, so I was probably the biggest pushback. And got it and like why they sat down was very nice it was like well, oh, here's what's happening and here's what they're doing with you lift you and now i'm on this council and they're making these steps and we're going to be producing a book and uh i think it's coming out in the next three months that the affiliates will get of how to be inclusive you know if should you want to but sure. here's some guidelines and here's some things you're not doing sort of like that that affiliate uh playbook guide they say they're putting out yeah uh, yeah like everything else in life like if you're not willing to change your mind when you get good information like we the, the Earth would still be flat. It would still not, be flat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's
0: like, yeah, just that idea of like changing your mind. It's like I don't. I will literally change my mind tomorrow. I, Sean Pastuch says this all the time. He'll literally, he'll have like a call with a group of his new, uh, his new Propath gyms. Mm-hmm. and he's like, all right, we're just what we're doing. And then like six of them on the Zoom, or he's like. Three weeks ago, you said we're doing we're not doing this. He goes, yeah, change my mind, new information, move on, let's go, let's go. We like speed is just making the right decision with the right information. And if you dwell on it be like, well, I don't want people to judge me for changing my mind to think I didn't know what I was talking about. Like, it's okay to fucking make the wrong decision and backtrack on it. And um, I think
1: being willing to fail quickly, not that this is necessarily fast, but that is sure. like, like fail fast, like just try it, have it not go well, change your mind is How we get to better things. Uh, Though the idea of like a CrossFit affiliate owner, like having their entire ego wrapped up in this version of CrossFit, which is the only thing they know is unsurprising at best.
0: No, 100%. Let's talk a little bit, you know, on the brand side. So you got, you're right. You guys probably could have just stood up your own brand and not really needed the backing of CrossFit. Did, Did dropping the affiliate for that short period of time give you guys some of the permission to make some of the changes in the gym you've been wanting to make for a minute anyway? And walk me a little bit through that, because you had this moment of kind of rebranding or repositioning the brand with different whatever. What were some of like the the things you guys immediately did? Like, all right, well, here we got a clear runway to make some of these changes right now.
1: Well, programming, there was a lot of programming stuff. So like kipping handstand pushups went away pretty much. Uh, Snatches for time went away. Pretty much with some addendums built in, and it was more just sort of, uh, and I, I suppose there was always maybe freedom to do this before, but it didn't feel like it. You know, I would say, you know, you're not doing kipping handstand pushups if you don't have X, Y, and Z strict pushups. Like this is, you know, if your snatch starts to look like this, I'm going to take the bar out of your hands and give you a dumbbell. Not as a mean way, we're not punishing you with fitness, but you're going to hurt yourself. It's no good, uh, and that kind of stuff, and just teaching people more from the fitness education, function side, not the I'm going to be good at CrossFit side. Um, Taking RX away was really big for me. Um, uh, There's no RX weights. There'll be like a suggested weight, but it's always, it's 90% of the time it's based on something we do that day. So like maybe we're doing grace. We'll totally, we we still have benchmarks. We admitted about 15 in-house benchmarks and through a year we'll do like 15 of our own and 15 of CrossFits. But let's say we're doing grace. Leading up to grace, we'll do some kind of clean complex, mostly just to get people warm. And it'll be, all right, grace is written as, you know, 135, 95. You're going to do that. Or 70% of the heavy triple you hit today, whichever one is lighter. And you're not allowed to deviate from that. You can do one of those two things. Um, Or sometimes we'll take it away and just say, you're doing grace, but you're using 70% of your triple. And the strong guy in the room is like, wait, I'm doing grace at 185? Yeah, you're doing good. Because that's actually the appropriate weight for you. Because these benchmarks were written for six billion people and this was like i don't know <laughs> yeah. like a pretty strong person is probably going to be able to handle this in 2007 and like people have changed and training has changed so getting away from rx and some of the um less functional dynamic stuff was certainly
0: really big how do you got, what's going on in philly with masks right now are you guys back on mask mandate or no
1: uh it's in flux right now we are not um Mass are required unless the business can prove vaccination for everyone, which we can. We actually have a hundred percent vaccine rate in the gym. Okay. So vaccines are optional in the gym. Some people are still doing it because Delta is ramping up, not like Alabama bad. Um, I think as of today, Alabama has like negative 29 ICU beds, which is tragic. Yeah. Um, but it's it's you know, it's doubled every week for the past three or four weeks. So it's not in a great place basically masks indoors, unless you can prove vaccination, we're one of the few places that can. And we, we've we heard from other business owners who were jealous because we started collecting like in a, would you please let us know if you've been vaccinated? Sure. And if so, when was your second shot? Five weeks before this came out, because like something like this is coming, we should at least know who's vaccinated. Or if, you know, there was one or two people where I was like, I wonder if this guy is, he's something about him is, I, I think it's a question mark. Everyone was like, oh yeah, of course, totally, 100%. And here's my card. And here's my second shot. So we. So when that came down, we we're like, oh yeah, here's our spreadsheet. We're good to go.
0: It's super. It's interesting. You know, obviously New York, New Orleans, um, yeah. L.A. County, Atlanta. I think maybe. Um, it might be around Atlanta, but you know, requiring vax proof to attend normal societal type things, yeah. bars, gyms, whatever it may be. And and so there's a lot of studios that you know, Soul Cycle and Blink and Equinox being you know some of the predominant names um, out is of Blink New York. Doing it? Yeah, Blink is owned by uh, Equinox yeah. as well, so I think that just carried on. The problem with Blink is just like. So, you know, Equinox is the premier, expensive, high yeah. end fucking and those people. That seems easy. That seems easy because that yeah. class of people are all vaccinated anyway, and they're generally going, going with the flow. I mean, they that's what they want. They want to yeah. they want a vaxxed out gym. And yeah. then Blink is more like they're more economical brand. So yeah. you're it's, you know, maybe not not as bad as a Planet Fitness, but they're probably going to have more of a melting pot of people who feel red or blue about it or pro yeah. or anti whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, but yeah like requiring the vax thing i think is really interesting we just got a mask mandate here in charlotte but it's allowed to be individually upheld by businesses and determined so okay. with that being said we're we're going to take we're going to take that and, and not require wear it if you want yeah. just like we've always had but not not necessary um and it's it's just really interesting man to see Fuck, are we really tripping backwards are we really like taking a few still like ah i thought like so frustrating. It's super frustrating. And there's a part of me just wants to put my head down and be like, whatever's right here in front of me, if it's like, I, if I can't see it, it's not real. Like, I don't like, but there is also, there's an ignorance to that in the fact that like, hey, just because I personally don't know anyone who's died of COVID or I'm not having to deal with it or whatever it may be. It just takes one anecdotal story of a client whose sister is an ICU nurse in Charlotte and like, if for you to kind of get some perspective on it. But it's it's a hot, hot fucking topic, especially depending on what kind of city you're in, depending on which way that the political view of that city skews. Have you guys, I mean, did you guys have any volatility amongst either the the affiliate or gym community in your area or within the, the immediate low, hyper-local market you're in when it came to this?
1: Uh, I mean, there's certainly like comments and stuff like that. When we put up the, you know, we posted on social media, some like no vaccine, no fitness with the, by the way, this is like the caption was, the city says we have to do this. Uh, if you if you aren't vaccinated, you you may work out here, but you have to do it in a mask. That's the rule, right? You have, so you're masked unless you can prove, unless the business can prove you're vaccinated um, and then you don't have to be. We're like, but good news, as far as we know, we're 100 percent vaccinated, and all the people who came into like rain hate, we don't know who they are, like yeah. just random internet warriors throwing stuff down. So there wasn't there was pushback when people thought everything was going to be masked again. I think just out of a sense of frustration because we were in, we were masked for a really long time, um, and we had a second shutdown. Like we were we were shut down. And then we were open with masks and then we were shut down again. And that was really rough because that was fricking winter. Stewie dragged horse stall mats out on the sidewalk and ran four person classes because that's all the room we had in a Philly winter, every 40 minutes (sighs) in the morning and the evening in Philly winter with like caution tape set up around the door. So the homeless people wouldn't pick on us too much and a space heater and a coach with a battery powered hand warmer in their shorts yelling (laughs) about burpees and the the single med ball We were using like, that was that was like everything was rough and every, yeah. people have had it worse but that was tough so people thinking they were ha- going to have to mask again when we felt like uh they people felt like they had done so much and they had been vaccinated and been really careful was hard and that kind of yeah. pushback
0: i you know i love some of the innovative plays that i've seen amongst this this pandemic but you know even with those innovation plays um it's still a really frustrating thing to just to to see the. Uh, how quickly just something like this, I mean, again, because most gyms just have that one vertical, that in-person vertical, yep. that in-person membership vertical. And then, you know, when it happened, I, you know, I was really big in telling everyone, like, guys, like, fuck, you got to do this digital thing. You got to do it. And then once the gyms opened up, so many people put that camera down. They're yep. like, ah, we're not doing this anymore. And now we're coming back around to the potential of you might need that camera again, possibly. Uh yeah, I,
1: And it's going to have to be so much better this time. No oh, one's coming it, back correct. to like a coach's Zoom in their living no, room where they're no. laughing and the sound isn't right. And the cat walks across like that's That was complete. I did it. Guilty. Yeah. Acceptable in March of 2020. Yes. Like we're past that. It has to be better. And yeah. you've had time to get better.
0: Yeah. The best pivot I've seen in this. So if you're familiar with Flywheel, national yeah. brand mm-hmm. It's been yeah. So their, their short location went out of business. A oh, wow. uh, f- friend of mine, a colleague in the industry here in Charlotte found out who held the lien on the bikes and called the bank and the bank sold them all the bikes for under $10,000. This is Whoa. 30, I think it's 30 or 40, no, I'm sorry. 50 some bikes that are probably, that probably cost $3,200 a pop at, yeah. at, at retail. He gets them all, he goes to the roof of a juice, uh, like a, it's a juice place, a nice healthy smoothie that has stairwell access to the roof and he rents the roof at 5% of his gross sales. He does three classes a day. So he does, a, I think it's a 5 a.m., a 6 a.m., a 7. And that's it. And he's got 30 bikes, 25 bucks a pop, pay as you go. And he's turned, like, it's just such an incredible, I think it's called- I love Air it. cycle or cycle air or some shit like that mm-hmm. here, in Charlotte. He's fucking just killing it in three class. It's like, I was looking at the numbers, I'm like, in three classes a day, the amount of revenue you're making does more than most micro gyms do in daily revenue with a full fucking block schedule with a full schedule, yeah. um, and, and like two hundred grand of equipment. Correct. Oh Jesus, uh, yeah. And it's and I'm like, what do you do with what do you do with the bikes? He goes, grill covers. We put grill covers over them at night and we leave them on the roof. And yep. I'm, like, I, I'm like, I fucking love the simplistic, I like, I've just become such a fan of lean, simple, almost embarrassingly simple, like at, at the outskirts, business models, where it's like, you, you don't need all the things, like you don't need all the equipment, it like, let me ask you this, you were going to start a gym today. What would your model look like? And it has to be brick and mortar, it's got to be equipment based, it's in person, what would your model look like? would it look different than obvious than what you've grown up in and what you've worked in?
1: Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, if I had to, and I I don't want to (laughs) to make that clear, uh, especially now it seems terrifying. Uh, I think I would have some version of a barbell. I think I would go short bar, uh, you know, whatever it is, the five and a half or six foot one, which only, as far as I can tell, only eliminates snatch and overhead squat. Everything else is still on the table. Um, And some body weight gymnastic stuff. Like if I had to do two things, it would be a short bar and a set of rings. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I just realized I'm sort of jumping all over your model, but I'm thinking more of like a,
0: don't worry. I just like CrossFit. I didn't invent it. (laughs) weirdo ring
1: fitness. Like I'm super into like, you want to do abs. We're going to do ring support sessions. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to like all that kind of stuff. And you can put, you know, as creativity will allow, as the guy once said, like, you, you can put that together a million different ways from that, get, since I'm the one in charge, it would definitely be individualized programming, maybe like an active life, like hybrid, everyone's doing their own thing in the strength section. And then we all meet up for a little cardio blast at the end, but definitely like dialed into people's individual needs at a price point that would command that. Yeah,
0: I I I really think it's interesting, you know, uh, I have a couple of startups that I'm working with, and we look at I look at the equipment layout for them versus mm-hmm. startups I worked with in 2015, 16, seven, it is just like, we're talking way less zeros, significantly less zeros, and more people are just getting started with less now, even less still cost a lot today, just because of supply chain, yeah. and the lack of availability and equipment and things of that nature. But I I truly do. I I think micro gyms that open up over the next several years are going to really lean the fuck out in far like it's not going to look like the average warehouse CrossFit gym of old. Um, Do you get to travel? Do you get to I mean, do you get to hit up other gyms, whether they're CrossFit concepts, studio boutique concepts, whatever? Have you what's one of your favorite ones that maybe you've ever seen digitally from afar and you admire or you've gotten a chance to actually go and touch in real life? Oh, that's a great question.
1: I used to travel a lot more. I would drop in at like whatever gym was nearby and like watching the, the way different people do CrossFit gyms was fascinating to me. Like dropping in at like, um, CrossFit Fenway was interesting. They've been around forever. They're in Boston, right? They're literally yeah. like connected to Fenway park. Yeah. And I showed up and was like, Hey, I'm in town for a my It was my sister who was getting married, but I'm, I've got all this energy, but I was supposed to do, I have a deadlift program. He's like, yeah, man, come on in. It's like, is that, is that okay? Yeah. how's that corner over there got about 600 pounds yeah I'm like I I don't even think he asked my name he was like "Yeah, (laughs) 20 bucks like you look the part you know what you're talking about and I looked around and there was like seven or eight other people doing this and I was like oh wait a minute like they're making 200 bucks an hour on like rando drop-ins doing their own thing and they're running their class over there and that way of using like a tourist heavy area to drive the kind of fitness they want to do for their members I thought was really smart in a way that I like I've dropped in in Vegas and other touristy places and you just sort of get thrown into class, which is fine, sure. but it's not, you are, you know, drop-ins always kind of dilute the class a little bit, in my opinion, like they can be the nicest people in the world, sure. but I'm not going to see you tomorrow. You're going to be a little bit needy because you know where things are like you're a little more work. That's why you yeah. cost money. Keeping the drop-ins away from people and letting the class thrive and having this revenue turn in the background was interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that really answers your question. That's no, still it does. A I, model.
0: No, it's it's been funny. So I've been dro- when I've been dropping in, I've had the, I've had less of an opportunity recently to be going and hitting uh, boutique yeah. studios. I've been finding more of these like unique they globo gym, not global gyms. They're open gym models that look just they're all functional fitness equipment, lanes of sleds, like just like you know. I think about now if uh, if I shut down urban movement tomorrow and I needed someone to work out. I don't know where I'd go in Charlotte, North Carolina there's a couple open gym because I me personally I would never go to someone's class I just know I would not go. I would just want to go somewhere where I have access to all the tools I want, I will never put it in my garage, I want to get out and go out to this thing but it's it's interesting I I truly do believe for uh, a warehouse space. That's across the gym, and you're like, okay, I've got this six thousand square foot warehouse. All right, man, six thousand square feet yeah. for group class is. What do you do with a- the other four thousand square yeah, feet? Exactly, exactly. Like, what are you doing? So, if you got that, I, you know, look into. I mean, like things like even hybrid AF, which is like the twenty four seven access, you know, yeah, model. Sure. I'm working with a lot of guys right now that are like, hey, I've got three thousand square feet, and I'll never fill it with people for group class. What can I do with it? And I truly think an open gym functional fitness membership that's still premium. And one of the ones is a, a Greenville, South Carolina has this mm-hmm. gym called Core 24 that I went into a few weeks ago. Dude, it was the coolest fucking thing. You go down these steps, neon lights everywhere, and they have Yeezys just hanging. I'm talking at least a hundred pairs of Yeezys just hanging from the fucking ceiling. So you walk expensive down expensive like, decor. you're like, oh, this place is dope. Like, <laughs> where you ever see that shit? And then you get in there. I mean, there are bathrooms. In the women's bathroom, there's this giant rope swing, like you'd see in a Taylor Swift music video. This is
1: and where it I asked hang- why you
0: were in the women's bathroom. Yeah, because it has a giant fucking rope swing in it. That's yeah. why. Um, <laughs> and you go, you could just swing on it and be, there's there's neon set. It's perfect. For, it's a selfie. It's designed yeah. for people to take selfies in front of and uh, it was just this great I mean the music was badass they, they had some local street artists come in and do all like Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse but like lifting like jacked Donald Duck you know with fucking bling on it just was super urban and, and but like nostalgic with the Looney Tunes characters and it was, it was super cool but yeah I, I really think that model like a functional fitness open gym model no machines because that's where like the margin just gets tanked the second you go to Hammer Strength and buy $500,000 Dollars of selectorized equipment, you know. Yeah, and then it's
1: in the way, and then it's like,
0: yeah, hundred percent. So I, I, yeah, I think that's super interesting because what I saw, there's two or three or four people that have paid, and they're all working out together, and they're whatever they're following comp train or they're following whatever together. Yeah. They just that gym they went to before, like. A lot of crossfit gyms like can't have open gym happening simultaneously because that's going to make a culture issue. Yeah, big time. A, you know, and again, if you're not a big enough gym, then yes, do not have that going on while you have classes going on. You're you're kind of dividing your efforts here and getting away from your core service. But there's a lot of sophisticated fitness people now that have gone through CrossFit high school and graduated in CrossFit college. Yeah. Or you know whatever it is, metabolic or whatever else, and they get functional fitness. They really don't need the group rah rah rah. Yeah. Like I I I probably you are else. by the way
1: describing a feel strong client.
0: Is, it, like, is these people the, have done like they've done
1: five years of stuff. They know the thing. They're yeah yeah. I can just say like you're going to do this and this and this, and I'll attach a video. But like yeah, they can they can do all this stuff, and they're they're just motivated people. But they want some they want something really good.
0: Does this match your avatar? Because this is where I find myself now. I want to work out four to five days a week. I probably need a group class for two of them when yep. the motivation wins. So like Monday and Tuesday, I'm good. Wednesday, I'm fucking tired. So to get into, you know, whatever, I'm like, I need a group class because I really don't want to work out right now. And then I'm good Thursday and Friday on my own. And then I might need a group class on a Saturday just for the motivating factor. Um,
1: yeah, 100%. And in those cases, like, depending on what what the person wants and what their goals are, like most of the time, great, that's fine. You're going to get your cardio in your group classes. I'm not, I'm not programming like, Metcons or any of that stuff for you. We're going to do a combination of working on things you want to work on, whatever it is, make you stronger, faster, more agile, more functional. Throw in a couple of things you need to work on, whether or not you want to, whether it's improving range of motion or getting you out of pain, or you know, some stuff that will make you better and all this other stuff, even though it's not sexy. And then you watch all that stuff pay dividends when you walk into group class and just stomp through everyone who you used to chase. Oh, yeah, this is this is great. And they still get that. Like the social aspect of the group is real like the magic of group class is the group it's the people pushing it's the being around it's people laughing and smiling and like no one's saying that's not fun yeah but it's not the end all be all of fitness and it's not how especially people who've done it for three four five years like if you want progress specific goals require specific programming and specific work so yeah, yeah 100 no.
0: let me so um... i'm hearing
1: what i'm hearing is you want to sign up and i'm <laughs> exactly. going to send you a link this. Right i was this. like
0: let's see if justin bitches me um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, There isn't a discount because someone told me not to give (laughs) discounts. So I'm so sorry. Um, I I, for anyone listening to this that is thinking of starting online, will you go ahead and tell people what is kind of like your software stack? Like what is what like what services, whether it's web, podcasting, true coach, like what are the things that someone would need or that you're currently using? that you've had experience with? Like, what is your software stack for running the online programming?
1: TrueCoach is the centerpiece because that's the, that's the programming. That is the client interface. Um, I can't say enough good things about TrueCoach. I've been with it since it was Fitbot, and you can do everything in there. Like all of the messaging stays in there, all of the feedback. They can upload videos, I can upload videos. I just started uh, leaving voice memos on people's stuff instead of just writing feedback. Oh, like, yeah. hey, I saw this and, and you can go on. Like, it's okay to go on for two or three minutes. I'm like, yep. I, can't, I can't write an essay. Like, I'm not going to be, be sure. able to do it. But I really want to talk about this moment in your snatch or this setup in your sprint or whatever it is. Um, so True Coach is where the programming is. And I'm very clear on people that anything you want to talk about with workouts stays in True Coach, partly because then there's a record of it. Then I can go back into, you know, Chris's, thing and be like didn't he say something about this like two months ago and every message we ever sent is there as opposed to when I started I was like hey I'm available get in touch and then I was like was that a text or a dm or an email or a where the hell did that I know they said something
0: and 25
1: minutes later I'm still looking for it so everything stays in true coach for programming uh uh, I still do the podcast on anchor I have no complaints about it works perfectly well um super easy you can start for free you can even just record into the app walking around like I did uh, the website is on Squarespace now, which I'm fine with. I have a. I just hired a pro about a month ago, and she's like redoing the website and make getting the branding a little more aligned and stuff like yeah. that. And I told her if she thought there was a reason to jump, I would, but I don't.
0: I like I, Squ- So Squarespace just bought Acuity, like two years ago. Oh, Acuity is right. the scheduling software, like what you use to yeah, book this. Sure. Um, And I love it. I'm actually, I'm doing one. I'm helping creative matters out with, uh, with her website and I'm redoing another guy's website right now. And I'm just kind of giving him some design tips, but I, I tell people Squarespace is, I think it's all you'd fucking need. If you need just a nice entry level, but beautifully looking with good integrated scheduling, uh, capacity
1: that's it people can just click on the button and sign up for a consult and there's a few different ways we do consults sort of depending on what people like like you can dm or we can send an email or i'll set up a phone call because people like what they like and i can sort of work in all these formats and you can do it all from one button right on there um i think that's it i mean like what are you editing on what software i'm editing on premiere pro for For no good reason other than that's what I st- I had an Adobe account and I was like yeah. well let's see and as soon as I don't know if you're like this but like well this is the one I know so I'm not that's I'm not
0: relearning another one like I've, some my first like camera Final was Cut- a Canon every camera after that's a Canon yep. like it just like I've I find the big something I like sitting right up here yep. yeah. <laughs>
1: The Mark IV is right there. I was like, oh, nope, nice. it's all Canon. It's all that's it. Like every yeah. lens, every." I was like, hmm, "I might buy a backup camera for like lightweight walking around." I'm like, well, "I'm only a Canon. Yeah. Like, there's not because I'm not jumping
0: ecosystems." Oh my guys, that my buddies are like, "Dude, get a Sony." I'm like, "No, no, you don't understand. I, don't care. I literally don't care. I just yeah. care that I know this yeah. one thing, and I will never try to relearn anything new again." That's I it. know where the buttons are. I know exactly. how to do a
1: freeze frame. I knew, and the first time, like, I, I'm like. I will just grind away at something to get good at it. I'm not naturally particularly good at any of this stuff. So, like, getting OK Premiere took forever. Yeah. I was like working with oven mitts, trying to like, how do you speed up? How do you wait? I lost it again. Where did all my content go? I guess yeah. I'm starting over. And I had enough of those that I'm like, no, this is fine. It works. I felt I it's a little expensive for what it is, for how much I use it, but it's fine.
0: Adobe's got a killer business model, was it? It's like it's like 25, Amazing. 30 bucks a month every month till you fucking die. Like, isn't uh, it... More like
1: eighty five, but yeah, okay,
0: <laughs> yeah. got it. I've got it might to... be. I have a
1: couple of things stacked in there. That might be plus Lightroom, got plus it, a couple of
0: other things. Yeah, Lightroom and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what we're going with. And then uh, let me let's talk because you're an online thing. That means you have to be in the business of content creation. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about that. Like it's right now, content creation is at, at this, especially on social is at an interesting place because it's where, what kind of videos? I think we all sat back and watched TikTok dancing, ha you know, word uh, lip syncing videos. And we're like, that's not for me. And now we've watched that platform have edutainment on it and info based stuff and educational stuff on it we're seeing the platform shift especially with reels when you go to online and you're thinking okay i need to make some content for the brand where where are you thinking are you like i'm i, I just like doing stories or i'm better at an igtv uploading a video where, where's like your your sweet spot of comfort and you know the kind the, the type of content you like to make
1: I I like IGTV more or just like a single post with a really long caption because I don't know if it's come across like I prefer to go on like given the opportunity I would just shoot my mouth off that said I've started putting like in my pillars every week I'm like you got to do a reel you got to do it you know and I have a tick I have a very small TikTok thing because the reach is so incredible yeah. that it's worth like like the IG algorithm with a small account like mine, like isn't on my side and isn't going to be on my side. I'm mostly talking into the converted and hoping they talk to someone else trying to like touch one of their buttons enough that they're like, Oh, there it is. Um, and I've had that happen certainly with uh, IG, but honestly more with the podcast more when I go on for 20 or 30 minutes. And someone's like, Hey, this like reminded me, I had one the other day. This reminds me exactly of my husband. Uh, we're going to listen to this again tonight together. I was like, what the, like, I don't even remember what I said. It was definitely one take. And I went, oh, okay. So I like the longer format stuff. But I think it's important to recognize that people consume things the way they like to consume. And I don't consume a ton of long format stuff. I just like going on. So I feel like it's unfair to insist that from other people. So I will do stories and I'll break the stories up. I will totally walk and, like, you know, do a 17 part story because it's sort of cutting the, you know, uh, finding a little sweet spot in the middle But I will do a reel at least once a week Just because, you know, when I put a reel out They're like, oh, 5,000 views in 20 minutes It's like, yeah. well, I, that never happens anywhere else And certainly, you know, 4,998 of those people Are never going to see me again And that's fine But if I can get those two Sure totally worth it
0: No, no, 100% And I, the thing that I tell people I So I just started again Just fucking reels again I feel like, you know I carry my big ass camera around, and then I I'll be I'll be out in Charlotte somewhere, and I just see everybody. I'm like I just I like take all the time to learn the camera, take all the time to learn mm-hmm. Premiere Pro or Final Cut Pro, whatever it may yeah. be, and then and then you're relegated to this thing, and you're like, really? Like fuck, really? I got it like this? I got all this fancy equipment kind of scenario. So I'm like fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess with the the reels. Um, the thing that I liked about it is. The more eyeballs I got on it, I necessarily didn't gain more followers. I didn't pick up more consulting clients. I got more feedback on videos, positive and negative, where <laughs> you, as you start to develop a following, you generally start getting a lot of raw, raw, raw feedback from those people because they're seeing it organically as you post it to your IG or your whatever. Then nice I right. thing about reels. That kicks it out there to a bunch of people who don't know me from anybody. And I've really liked some of the feedback I've gotten from strangers who like, fucking hated it or they loved it or they had a question about it that I didn't think of because I wasn't thinking about that person as my avatar customer. That I think has probably been the thing I've liked the most about Reels is just a little bit more varied feedback and a little bit more hypercritical, which I'm okay with.
1: Yeah. I'll always take the feedback. I always say, I spent like with content, with fitness, with all this stuff, like you can't hurt my feelings. It's not, my ego is not tied into this stuff enough that, you know, you hating my video or hating a workout or thinking I'm stupid for this is wrong. I want to hear about it because you might be right. Like we talked about earlier, like I, you know, I think this is dumb or I think you did a bad job because X, Y, and Z is like, I never even thought about that. No, you can't really see what I'm doing with my hands when I'm yep. Yep. You're right. I'm never going to do that again. And I learned it today. Yeah. Easy. Great lesson learned moving on fail as fast as you can and take the next step. I love it, man.
0: I love it. Justin, dude, I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time and carving it out today to just shoot the shit. This was, this was super fun for me. And I, um, you know, that you made that video after listening to my, my star rep, uh, podcast type scenario yeah. tell you, like shit like that. And, and you get it, you create content, like the feedback you get, just like a coach. When a coach is, you know, they get done with class and then randomly that member comes up and is like, I just got to tell you something. This thing happened and it's because and like you and I thought of you and thank you so much for what you, we all know those good feels thing. And that video you did, uh, given props that they interviewed with Kelly just meant the fucking world to me. I remember I made my girlfriend watch it. It was just, it was super dope. Uh, Love I, that. I appreciate you taking the time to do that on your, uh, your daily. Well, it was
1: completely day. sincere. And yeah. like, like you're saying, like people do that thing. And sure. I would, you know, I will tell you it never really occurred to me that you would even see the video. I was talking to people sincerely, like, Hey, here's a thing I like. And it's not, these people probably aren't your competition. Yeah. Like don't be afraid to tell people that you admire them or that sure. they've done a good job or, or, you know, maybe a criticism, but don't be a jerk about it. Like, Hey, you did this so well. Why are we taking this right turn? Because I really like the last three things you did. Maybe nobody told them. I, you know, Some of the biggest people in the world only hear from this tiny echo chamber. And don't be afraid to like step out and talk to people and or let people know when they're providing value because in this very freaking loud ecosystem, like you never know how many times have we worked on something for eight hours and put it out there and just nothing happened. Crickets, like, well, yeah. I don't know. Was, I thought it was good. I don't even know what happened.
0: <laughs> My mom yeah. told me it was fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. I've, I've, you know, I always try to make an effort. If someone makes something, I don't care who it is, it can be the smallest account, the biggest account. Like if I send them a DM, like I know they're gonna see it. Or if I send them a DM, they're never gonna see it because it's going into a pile of a thousand. always send feedback and daps, good or bad, whatever it may be. Like, yep. hey, I love that butt or I loved it; it was amazing. I, I think it-, it creates conversations. I mean, it's like how you and me are shooting the shit now, like it- doing this. Like, it's just from feedback and we're all watching. Like, we're all watching this shit and people, we know who's watching it. Like Instagram tells me exactly who watched mm-hmm. it. You know, like there's someone who's watching your stuff every day, every day, every day. Say like, just speak up. And here's the great thing too, is if you're watching it that often speak up to the creator and tell me, Hey man, I love that. I'd love to see something on this.
1: Like, isn't that, that- the best when someone tells you like, Oh, thank God. Someone told me like I, a step to, I will take almost any suggestion. hundred like, percent. I don't know. I've got this list of things I'm trying to do. And I would say, reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out people that you view as your direct competition. Like tell them when they're doing good work, tell them when they've you know made a good play, tell them like, Hey, that was awesome. Uh, I'm gonna steal that from you just so you know, but I'm gonna gonna do my own thing with it. But like, this is incredibly inspiring. And thank you so much because if you have any kind of a growth mindset, everyone can succeed and everyone can win here. Coming back to the start of our conversation, like I can have a thriving business and work in a gym and the gym can win here. It can all work together if you have like any kind of growth mindset here and aren't just like fighting for scraps at the bottom of a $125 membership.
0: I love that. Way to wrap it up and bring it back around. Justin, for anyone who wants to, number one, if they want to just get in touch with you, maybe they've got questions about starting their own thing, or maybe they're in a weird situation where they have an owner and they want to start creating content. They kind of, How can they best get in touch with you?
1: Instagram is the fastest way to get in touch with me, that's for sure, at feelstrongfit on Instagram. Uh, I'm super attentive to that, like DM me, hit me up. I love starting conversations with people. Uh, And I do have, I'm already starting to have like small business conversations with folks who kind of want to do their thing and aren't sure what to do. Often people who have like a little technical know-how and a little sort of biz know-how, but aren't sure how to put it together. And uh, one of my big advantages is that I've made a ton of mistakes. So I can see them coming and be like, oh, don't do that. You're going to yeah. gonna lose two and a half months right there. And it's going to be a real bummer and expensive. Yeah. Take a step back. So Instagram is the fastest. The website is feelstrong.me. You can poke around there and there's other ways to email and get in touch there. But Instagram's usually the quickest. Awesome.
0: Justin, man, I appreciate it. I'm going to put all, I'm going to link that stuff out in the show notes. But uh, dude, thank you again so much. It was great thank to have you, for having you me. and do this. And uh, we'll stay in touch with man.
1: I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Absolutely. But real quick, guys, before the end of the podcast, I've got to ask, please, if you take a minute and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're currently listening to podcasts, it would mean the world to me. I think a lot of people glaze over my channel because of the F-bombs or maybe some of the, the more direct approaches I take in delivering this content to you. And if you have any thoughts as to how this content has benefited you, your fitness business, I would love for you to share them with the fucking world. Guys, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much.